0: I'm Keith MacArthur. Unlocking Bryson's Brain is a podcast about my son. Bryson. The <gasps> rare disease that keeps him from walking or talking. I
1: mean, Bryson's
2: perfect, but his life is really hard.
0: And our family's search for a cure.
2: Oh my gosh, maybe science is ready for this.
0: It's part memoir, part medical mystery.
2: We can do just about anything. Modifying DNA. My
1: heart and my throat.
0: Cure is controversial. Unlocking Bryson's Brain. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast.
1: I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. This is White Coat Art. When you hear the word chemo, is hair loss the first thing that pops into your mind? Well, that's what most people get when they receive chemotherapy. Hair loss plays havoc with self-esteem, and it's something that doesn't get enough support from people in healthcare. It's something we seldom talk about. I there was a dog. They so. must, because they've got a <laughs> Oh, I heard a bark. White Coat senior producer Colleen Ross and I are on a field trip to a house in Toronto. Steve We're here to meet an extraordinary teenage girl who lost her hair, but found her resilience. And who's that? That's Reggie. Reggie. Tyra. Oh, yeah. Reggie
2: has no choice. He's
1: a, a little, so. but he looks... Kind of wolfish. Hey, I'm (laughs) so glad you're doing this. Are you nervous? No. (laughs) She talks a lot. (laughs) I hear you're a football player. Yeah. So what what position do you play? Center. You're a center. Yeah. Wow. Cairo Gregory made the local news last month because she plays center for Western Tech's girls football team.
2: There are more photos in there. So that's Cairo there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's the first girls' tackle football team in Toronto high school history.
2: Hi, my name is Cairo Gregory. I'm 16. I don't. Know what else to say. And,
1: and you probably had a major illness that people your age have never had, right?
2: Oh yeah, that that's a part of. That's what's, what's that part? Um, I had ovarian cancer when I was 15.
1: Just last year, Cairo was dealing with cancer and chemo. Today, she's a strong teen who's funny, smart and has hair.
2: My dog sometimes stands on that, so okay. you're good.
1: <laughs> Cairo has quite the story to tell, as we found out when we sat down on the sofa in her living room. Cairo Gregory, uh, I'm so glad to be talking to you uh, here at your house. I'm curious about one thing. You don't seem self-conscious at all, but you're like 16, so like you're supposed to be self-conscious, and I'm wondering when, when I walked in the room, did you look at me looking at you at all to see to see whether I was checking out your hair? No. Not at all? No. So you don't think about your hair at all?
2: No. I went bald for the first, like, three months of school. I don't care that much about what people think of my hair.
1: I'm dying to find out how you got to that place. But I want to start at the beginning of the story because you've got a long story to tell. How did you find out that you had ovarian cancer?
2: Well, I think it more started when I was 13, when I had an ovarian cyst and i remember like really distinctly remember the pain from that it was second semester grade nine like third period in the middle of the day when i just started getting this pain back i was like i know this pain i've had this pain before but it was instant Mm -hmm. i didn't really know what it was so knowing that i had had something like that happen before my mom's like okay you're gonna go get an ultrasound and then initially we thought it was a really big cyst that i still would have needed to get an operation on but like talking to my doctors, even before we got a like, definitive cancer diagnosis, my gynecologist was saying that it most likely was cancer. Really? Yes.
1: Wow. How did you feel when you heard that word?
2: I don't really know, actually. I think for me, when I go through hard times, I kind of just like sit with it instead of letting myself process it as much as I want to. Like I feel like people around me were processing it more than I did, and I think that made me angry. So I just kind of didn't as much as I wanted to.
1: So the doctors recommended chemo first, then surgery to shrink the tumor down. And, and then you got chemo like for nine weeks?
2: Actually, they, they I was supposed to have my surgery first. And then I think three days before my surgery, they canceled it. And said it would probably be better to start chemo first because the tumor was so big they would have had to cut from my pelvic bone to like the middle of my chest so I would have had a very 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 long scar and that would have been really dangerous for healing so they did chemo first to try and shrink it
1: and that meant nine weeks of chemo yes a lot for somebody your age to process what was it like to lose your hair
2: I think that was probably the most upsetting part for me, just because like I've never had the greatest relationship with my hair with curly hair. It comes like a lot of a lot of harder things like learning how to style your hair, learning how to be gentle with your hair. um If I ever had an issue with my hair, I'd just like yank it out with a comb, so I think I didn't know much about my hair like you grow up around like a lot of like straight hair like every single Barbie doll I had had straight hair every and I learned how to braid on a Rapunzel Barbie doll like that's how I taught myself how to braid hair I did that by myself my mom can't braid hair at all like that was me (laughs) trying to figure it out when I was like seven or eight so I think I've always seen more straighter hair I find it easier to style and I straightened it to the point where I had so much damage in my hair that part of it was permanently straight at a point then I got it all chopped off and I hated it and then I think In grade nine, first semester, I started wearing my hair down and like actually styling it. And then when it fell out, it was like my entire Instagram like reels was just hair videos on like new hairstyles because I'd gotten really into that. So it really sucked when it was like something I was actually really, really became important to me at that period of time. So
1: like just as you had gotten to like your hair in its natural state, that's when you started to lose it.
2: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But I didn't lose the hair on my head first, so I think for like my my family members, it was more shocking watching me. My hair fell out of my head, but actually like my leg hair started falling out the day before, so I was like, yeah, I'm good. This isn't bothering me that much, because it already had started happening, and I dealt with it on my own. And then when my hair started falling out, my mom started freaking out, but I was like, this is not as bad as I thought it would be. Hmm.
1: So you weren't determined, at least at first, to try to keep your hair?
2: I knew that wasn't going to
1: happen. It wasn't for lack of trying. Cairo looked into something called cold capping, which is exactly what it sounds like. Chemo patients wear a cap that cools the scalp. The cold temperature causes the blood vessels in the scalp to narrow. That reduces the dosage of chemo that reaches the scalp, which in turn can reduce the amount of hair loss. We'll have a lot more to say about cold capping next week.
2: We looked a bit into cold capping, but there's actually a lot of research done towards the fact that it does not work for people of color. So even if I had tried it, my hair probably still would have fallen out. I met a girl on Instagram who did cold cap and it worked for her, but she's white. And then she was talking about how her friends tried it, and it didn't work for them. So it probably wouldn't have worked for me whatsoever. And I just kind of accepted that
1: fact. And there was a time when you actually shaved your head?
2: Yeah, so when you get chemo, a lot of people say, on the 14th day after you get the chemo, your hair will start falling out. My hair started falling out on the 13th day, or on the 12th day, actually. So my cousin came over and he shaved my head on the 13th day, and he did it right there in the kitchen.
1: (laughs) Cairo pulls out a phone and shows me photos that mark the occasion.
2: This is me getting my hair shaved um that's my cousin he he just came and i sat in the kitchen and had my hair shaved off he's a barber yeah he is a barber so it wasn't just some random guy <laughs> this is my hair like right after he had finished actually just shaving it off
1: you're not smiling anymore
2: okay that look on my face was not me not me being upset I was just bored Uh (laughs) I was sitting in a chair not being able to move for a long time and I have ADHD it was just me being really bored also I think I was just watching my mom and my sister cry and I was like why are you guys crying can you like please stop now because I think I kind of had a hard time kind of sympathizing with other people because it's like it's me who's going through everything I don't understand why you're upset but now thinking back it's like they're my family they care so it makes sense that they were upset Mm -hmm. um
0: wow
1: Wow.
2: (laughs) yeah he shaved it right down yeah
1: what do you see when you look at that photo
2: i don't think i hated it i think it was kind of refreshing it's kind of nice to be able to feel like the wind on your head because sometimes (laughs) it's really hot out and you just want to like not sweat anymore and that is kind of nice but i did not want to leave the house and my mom would bribe me with groceries because I would just go and pick it on my favorite snack. So I would go to a grocery store with her and walk around for a half an hour. So that was pretty much the only physical activity I had for a while. I think like in public, people don't realize how mean their faces look Mm. when they're staring. I think I do this too, because I definitely stare at people. But I think I definitely learned like people do not know how mean they look when they stare at you like that and how uncomfortable it would make you feel. I think a lot of people thought it was my choice to just have my head shaved because I wasn't talking to people. I didn't talk to any of my friends for a long time. So I think a lot of people were just like, "Oh, she's shaving her head. Like isn't that brave of her?" But I think in reality, only close people knew that like I was forced to shave my hair mm-hmm. because it was falling out. And so like
1: people actually thought you just did it to
2: do it. I think, yeah, I think people just were like, oh, yeah, she looks so much like her dad now, like bald head. I think that's what that was. But in reality, it was not It was not a choice for me. I did not want to do that.
1: No. Hair is so important to identity. Mm-hmm. So what was your identity well, when you looked in the mirror, and how had it changed?
2: I think, like, I'm mixed, so I think I have a lot of my dad's hair, and my mom also has really curly hair. So I think, like, for me... I do really love my curly hair, and I really miss the curly hair, but I think for more identity, like it was almost something like if I didn't feel good, it, someday I could hide my face with my hair. I always wanted to have nice hair, even though I never took care of it very well until quite recently. So it was kind of like conflicting how different that was.
1: Are you always this mature? Do you have an old soul? Yes.
2: I'm an old lady, that's what my dad calls me sometimes. <laughs> I'm always hurting myself because I'm clumsy and I just have like old bones. I'm always in back pain, and I like to crochet in my basement. So <laughs> I'm a little bit old.: uh,
1: I, I'm like that too. Yeah, I feel like I've been around for thousands of years. But you you know you lost your hair, and next came the futile search for a suitable wig, a search way more difficult than I would have imagined. Can you give me a little bit of a trip through that that story, the journey of trying to find a wig?
2: Yeah. So at first, we went to the hospital wig store, and once I walked in, it was like really cool because it's a boutique. Like it's kind of fun to do something sweet like that. But I was in a lot of pain that day. It was a day that I did the like one day chemo, and my tumor wasn't really shrinking the way I wanted it. We wanted it to, and it was giving me a lot of pain. Mm. So. It wasn't really a great day for me, so I think that already started off as bad, but I was on, one of the drugs I was on was a steroid, and it made my face huge. So I also feel like I didn't look like myself that day, so I feel like it was a bad day for me already, but I think walking into that store really solidified the fact that I probably wasn't going to find something I like just from walking in, because everything is like very straight. There was another teenager in the boutique at the same time as me. But it wasn't really anything that either of us would have wanted. It was very straight wigs. It was a lot of... I remember like when I asked if they had the wig that I somewhat liked. It was a wavy wig. It wasn't at all anything that I would ever wear. But it was it was fine. And I asked if they would have it in a color that would match my hair. And they did not. They had to special order it. So it was kind of just like, why is that not available? Like, I get curly wigs are hard to have. But there are actually a lot of collections for people with curly hair that you can buy the collection of which is what they already do in those stores. The only brown wig they had was like human hair and it was like $2000 and I was not about to pay that much money for a wig. But everything was over $500. For us we get like insurance, When you lose your hair due to chemo and stuff like that, you can get insurance to buy wigs. And we had $500 on that. So I don't think a lot of people have more than $500 to spend on buying a wig. But when the wigs are like $1,200 per wig, that's really not much room for you to go. There's not much of a choice for you. Wow. Well,
1: cancer is an equal opportunity disease until you need a wig.
2: One thing I kind of thought of is a lot of... People of color at least have somewhere they go for their hair products. Uh, Most stores actually sell hair products and wigs. So you kind of already have an option to go to when you need something you like. And some people just opt to go bald and just wear scarves as well. So maybe that could be it.
1: So uh, no decent wigs or suitable wigs. Where did you go next?
2: Well, my mom was getting her hair done by a hairdresser. named TK and she cut all of my dead hair off once and she made my hair look really nice and she said that she had had made wigs for people with cancer in the past and she'd be willing to do it then so that's kind of how that started just my mom kind of talking about what was happening and then i got a wig out of it
0: we'll be right back i'm keith MacArthur. Unlocking Bryson's Brain is a podcast about my son. The rare disease that keeps him from walking or talking. I
1: mean, Bryson's perfect, but his life is really hard.
0: And our family's search for a cure. Oh my gosh, maybe science is ready for this. It's part memoir, part medical mystery. We
2: can do just about anything.
0: Modifying DNA. My
1: heart and my throat.
0: Cure is controversial. Unlocking Bryson's Brain. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to White Coat
1: Black Art. This week, Cairo Gregory was diagnosed with ovarian cancer at just 15 years of age. She got chemo and lost her hair at a time in her life when she was just starting to get comfortable showing it off. Her mom's hairstylist agreed to make Cairo a curly wig made of human hair at a deep discount. Cairo shows us the wig.
2: This is what I got. It was a lot prettier before, but this is after me... (laughs) messing with it for like six months
1: and and how did it get to be your go-to wig
2: um well it was the most natural one I think it was the one that had like needed the most tweaking though it would get too loose too quickly or hair would fall out easily but it looked like my natural hair was the same length as my natural hair same color so it was nice to at least have something that was similar to what I used to have
1: but you tried a lot of wigs here oh yeah this
2: one's my favorite I wear that one every day. (laughs) When this started breaking, I got another lace front wig, and I wore that for a while, but then that was pretty cheap lace, so it kind of just ripped after a little while. But these don't have any lace in them, which is why I like them, and I find them on Amazon. This one is, the headband's wet, but it's just a headband wig, so all you're doing is like slicking the front of your hair back and just pulling it over so the front of your hair is out like you're wearing a headband. Mm -hmm. And I like them because they were easy, but this one was like $28 on Amazon. So then you can also have a new wig that's affordable and that actually is good and then you can buy another one within a month because it's not that much expensive, which is what I did with this one and this is the one I wear the most. I think I got this like a month and a bit ago. The reason why I didn't wear it at the beginning is because I didn't have any sideburns or like any hair around my face and it looked very unnatural because like I had nothing on my face. My hair was a mix between straight and curly and wavy and it was like the texture of baby hair so I couldn't really do anything with it slicking mm-hmm. back didn't work because it would just kind of fall out so I couldn't really do anything with my hair and I think I was frustrated so I just was like wore a hood everywhere so were you <laughs> so- <laughs> aware
1: that you'd wear a hoodie when uh, when you weren't feeling good about yourself
2: oh yeah yeah I definitely was aware of it I also th- I think just it just wasn't like I don't like not looking presentable like at least a little bit presentable and I feel like for for me if I could choose doing my makeup and doing my hair I'd always choose my hair because I feel like one of the most important part of like being presentable is having your hair nice so once my hair kind of started growing back I started wearing the wigs because it looked more natural it it was
1: sharply demarcated here's hair and there's no
2: hair it was a wig so then once my hair started growing out you couldn't tell it was a wig so that's why I started wearing the wig after three months of being in school
1: Cairo went back to school in September 2022 but it took her a while to actually wear that wig that was made special for her so when it felt right mm-hmm. when it looked right as your as yeah. as your sideburn hair started yeah. to come back you put the wig on and then yeah. you went to school
2: yeah What what
1: was that day like
2: I think it was weirder than when people saw me bald for the first time Because I think a lot of people just thought, like, I went on a trip for six months and then just, like, came back bald. So, actually, there was a rumor going around the school that I did have cancer. Because one of my good friends told someone who did not like me very much. And that got everywhere. But I think, like, people kind of knew a little bit. So, they weren't really asking me too many questions. I got more questions later into the year. Like, people, I was like, I've had a class with you for five months you're now asking me this question so it was kind of for me like when I put the wig on it was just like oh you got hair a lot of my my friends were talking about how asking me for the growth serum I was using like what magic potion did you use to grow out your hair like a lot of my friends were good at making jokes about it just because they knew that it would make me feel better about it because I was already nervous to change my appearance that drastically to go to school so I think they made it better
1: more important what did it look like for you when you put that wig on that human hair wig on that was that took so much time and effort to make and looked at yourself in the mirror
2: well I think at first it was oh now I have something new to play with but I think when I looked at myself in the mirror I was it was really beautiful it's a really beautiful wake I just kinda of found it weird because I went from having like zero hair it was super patchy To having hair, so I think it was more weird. I was more weirded out by it at first. But once I started styling it and learned how to style it, I really enjoyed wearing it. But I think for me, the hassle of putting it on every day kind of ruined the natural feel of it because it is hard to put a wig on every day. I was basically like gluing a wig cap to my head with hairspray every single day just to wear it. So I think it kind of took the niceness out of it because it was so much work to do
1: and no wig is all that durable.
2: That's true. I mean, for me, I want to be able to like roll around in the grass with my friends if I want to. Like we sit outside every single lunch. So I want to be able to go sit there. When I was washing my wigs, I found like twigs in the hair. So like I I do like to be like a little messy with my friends. I think so I'm already probably like not the greatest person for wigs because I'm messy. But also they're not made for that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And when I want to do that type of stuff, it's kind of hard. I could never wear a wig when I was doing football. I couldn't wear a helmet with a wig. That was the only time I didn't wear a wig at school.
1: Is that when you went to a half wig?
2: No, I just though I had already been wearing the half wigs for a long time. The half wig was so much easier because I could literally take it up. See, this is why my wigs break, because I'd take it off, scrunch it up into a ball, put it in a plastic bag, and then leave it in the locker room, and then come back after football and put it back on. So like, I like to be able to do that with my things just because it's easier.
1: Cairo's hair is growing back slowly. She and I talked mainly about her hair, but obviously that's not the only thing going on. So how are you feeling right now? What do you mean? like Cancer-wise.
2: Fine. I mean, I think sometimes, I think there are things that do make me nervous because a lot of the symptoms of the cancer I had were period symptoms, so a lot of the time, like things scare me. When I even get my period, I'm just like, certain things remind me of that. So I think it is kind of nerve-wracking for me. I think that does give me anxiety, but I do like to remind myself that I do have a 92% chance of going through remission completely and not cancer not coming back and me not getting leukemia because that is a risk of doing chemo. There's like a 1% risk of getting leukemia. A 5% risk of me losing hearing like I always kind of go through that list when I'm ever feeling anxious about it because that Is kind of like there's a 92% that you will never have any of this happen Like that's the 8% that is there is scary But it's only 8% versus 92. So I feel like it's It, it is more comforting
1: How are you wearing your hair now?
2: My hair's finally long enough to get it braided. So that's nice but that took a year. It's almost been a year since my hair started growing back. I think it's so much easier because all I had to do was roll out of bed, put makeup on, and, like change my outfit, and I can literally run out the door in less than 20 minutes. But then when I'm putting a wig on, it normally takes me about 30 minutes to get ready in the morning, and then I'm like running for my bus. So it has been nice to just be able to get up and go. But I disliked my hair the most at the phase it is at right now, just because like I can't really style it out. Because I feel like in order for it to look at least somewhat decent, I'd need to get the sides kind of cut down and just have it styled a little bit. But I want to grow my hair out, so I'm kind of in the ugly grow-out phase. But I did learn that I am able to put half of my hair in a ponytail. I can wear pigtails, so that's kind of fun. I learned that the other day. So,
1: (laughs) What do you see when you look in a mirror now?
2: I think... I just look in a mirror to fix my makeup, so I don't really think about it that much.
1: Maybe that's it, not having to think about it.
2: Yeah, I really don't have to think about it. It's not something that really comes up on my on its own for me. Like, I'll have friends who ask me about it, but it doesn't really come up for me on its own necessarily, unless I see something that reminds me of it. It isn't really a defining moment. I mean, it, I guess it was a large moment in life, but it's not a defining moment of my life
1: there was a time when your classmates were guessing as to what was going on with you and here you are telling your story very publicly like right across the country Mm -hmm. and you're on a mission yeah what's your mission
2: i mean i just think there's not a lot of awareness around like cancer treatment not a lot of people know how to deal with having friends or family members who are going through cancer treatment i think like sharing my story is not just helpful to me, but it's helpful for other people because I think a lot of people who are going through something similar have a story that they can listen to so that they don't feel like they're alone. People ask me questions about it and I'm willing to openly answer them because I think it's important that people can know about what's happening to them.
1: And you know you talked about it in two specific examples: cold cap not working as well on mm. on uh, people who have uh, people of color yeah. and their hair, and walking into a, a wig boutique and not finding hair that yeah. that was that you would have thought would be natural to put on. so what are you advocating for?
2: I think just more knowledge in spaces like hospitals about it for me it 's really easy to look up black hair store and find one that 's a like thirty minute drive away from here. So I think there needs to be more resources, but also more more places where you can find people who are willing to make wigs for people who have had cancer because it's a whole different process, like buying a wig that off the shelf and then getting a wig made for you. You're getting the cap size perfectly to your head. You're having a hair color that's like as close to yours as possible. So I think like it's a very different thing than just going and buying a wig. And I think there just needs to be more knowledge and more conversation about black hair in cancer spaces. Also, there isn't a pamphlet that they hand out for people with curly hair to go find wigs. There should be one. You should write it. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. Feels like a lot of work.
1: <laughs> You've got lots of things on your plate. Oh, yeah. Cairo, thank you so much for speaking with me.
2: Yeah. It's interesting. <laughs>
1: The message behind Cairo's story is that the healthcare system needs to do a better job helping people with cancer cope with hair loss. Next week, as I mentioned, we'll take a closer look at cold capping, the lengths some people go to save their hair, and the hit and miss support they get from the system. That's next time on White Coat Black Art. That's our show this week. If you'd like to comment, our email address is whitecoat at cbc.ca. White Coat Black Art was produced this week by our senior producer, Colleen Ross, with help from Amina Zoffer and Isabel Galant. Our digital producer is Ruby Buiza. That's medicine from my side of the gurney. I'm Brian Goldman. See you next week.
2: I think by next summer, I could probably wear a ponytail wig. And then hopefully, like, maybe a few summers after that, I won't wear wigs.